Hello and welcome to the Stories for Kids Christmas Special. And this time of year, there's nothing better than relaxing and listening to some wonderful stories about Christmas and the Christmas spirit. So in this episode, I have two classic Christmas stories for you. The first one is the 19th century poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And the second one is the 20th century poem by Dr. Zeus, The Grinch. These are two of my favourite Christmas stories of all time, and I'm sure you'll absolutely enjoy them too. If you're in the mood for more Christmas stories after these, please do check out our reading of Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol, which was published just a few days ago. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners around the world, wherever you may be. Thanks for listening to the stories throughout the year. Wherever you are, I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And if you have enjoyed our stories and you'd like to show a bit of appreciation, you're more than welcome to buy us a Christmas coffee. I'll leave the link below. All support greatly appreciated. And be sure to stay tuned because in January we have a new set of stories coming your way. They're going to be a selection of stories from around the world and they include stories from countries such as Morocco, Japan, Cambodia, New Zealand, Persia, Scandinavia. We'll be publishing two stories a month, one at the beginning of the month and one in the middle of the month. So please stay tuned and I hope you enjoy these wonderful stories from these diverse cultures. Thanks once again. The Night Before Christmas A Christmas Poem for Children T'was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The window on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeers. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dancer, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donna and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. 
He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler, just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled up the stoppings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, away they all flew, like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. The Grinch, a Christmas poem written by Dr. Zeus. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why, no one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight, but I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town, for he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas, it's practically here. Then he growled with his grinchy fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. For tomorrow, he knew all the Who girls and boys would wake bright and early and they'd rush for their toys. And then, oh, the noise, oh, the noise, 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 noise. That's one thing he hated. The noise, 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 noise. Then the Who's, young and old, would sit down to a feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, and they'd feast, 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 feast. They would feast on Who pudding and rare Who roast beast, which was something the Grinch couldn't stand in the least. And then they'd do something he'd liked least of all. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, would stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They'd stand hand in hand, and the Who's would start singing. They'd sing, and they'd sing, and they'd sing, 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 sing. And the more the Grinch thought of this Who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for fifty-three years I've put up with it now. I must stop this Christmas from coming. But how? Then he got an idea. An awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. 
I know just what to do, the Grinch laughed in his throat, and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat, and he chuckled and clucked, what a great Grinchy trick. With this coat and this hat, I look just like Saint Nick. All I need is a reindeer, the Grinch looked around, but since reindeer are scarce, there was none to be found. Did that stop the old Grinch? No, the Grinch simply said, if I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he called his dog Max, then he took some red thread, and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ramshackle sleigh, and he hitched up old Max. Then the Grinch said, Giddy up! And the sleigh started down, towards the homes where the Who's lay a snooze in their town. All their windows were dark, quiet snow filled the air. All the hoes were all dreaming, sweet dreams without care. When he came to the first little house on the square, This is stop number one, the old Grinchy Claws hissed, and he climbed to the roof, empty bags in his fist. Then he slipped down the chimney, a rather tight pinch, but if Santa could do it, then so could the Grinch. He got stuck only once for a moment or two, then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue. Were there little whose stockings all hung in a row? These stockings, he grinned, are the first things to go. Then he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room, and he took every present. Pop guns and bicycles, roller skates, drums, checkerboards, tricycles, pop guns and plums. He stuffed them in bags and the Grinch very nimbly stuffed all the bags one by one up the chimney. Then he slunk to the icebox. He took the Who's feast. He took the Who pudding. He took the roast beast. He cleaned out that icebox as quick as a flash. Why that Grinchy even took their last can of Who hash. Then he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee. And now, grinned the, go the Grinch, I will stuff up the tree. And the Grinch grabbed the tree and he started to shove. Then he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove. He turned around fast and he saw a small who. Little Cindy Lou Who was not more than two. The Grinch had been caught by this tiny Who daughter who'd got out of bed for a cup of cold water. She stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? But you know that old Grinch was so smart and so slick, so he thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Why, my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied, there's a light on this tree that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head, and he got her a drink, and he sent her to bed. And when Cindy Lou Who went to bed with a cup, he went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. Then the last thing he took was the log for their fire. Then he went up the chimney himself, the old liar. On their walls he left nothing but hooks and some wire, and the one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse.
Then he did the same thing to the other whose houses, leaving crumbs much too small for the others whose mouses. It was quarter past dawn, all the who's still abed, all the who's still a snooze, when he packed up his sled. Packed it up with their presents, the ribbons, the wrappings, the tags and the tinsel, the trimmings, the trappings. Three thousand feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-hoo to the who's, he was grinchously humming. They're finding out now, no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up, I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a moment of two, then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook what he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes or bags. And he puzzled three hours, till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe, he thought, Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. And he brought back the toys and the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch carved the roast beast. <laughs>